Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam with you for episode six of season two. Guys, how are we? Yeah, good. It's uh, been a while since we've uh, convened, but uh, plenty has happened, I guess, over time. Has it actually been a while, or am I just not with it? Feels like a while. You're, you're not with it, and it has been a while, so it's both. That explains why I've got yeah. the coffee next to me. How did that get here? Yeah, and there's a machine turning off. <laughs> <laughs> So, we've got a fair bit to talk about. The A-League season's getting much closer. We're almost there for our season preview show, but first we're going to run through some of the stories and whatnot that have been coming up. Let's get started with the Raw friendlies. Now, you guys quite admirably covered the Raw versus Olympic FC friendly. 3-0 win for the Raw. Adam, do you want to take us through it? Uh, look, I think uh, it's trying, trying to rack the memory. It was, uh, it was a bit of a while ago, but look, I think um, the back end of the pre-season, I think, was um, pretty solid for the Raw. I think, uh, obviously... Piscopedes just can't stop scoring. You know, Macaron obviously going amongst goals. Shannon Brady also scored. So, uh, three. Look, it's the first half. It was, it was a tight game, but at the end of the day, I think the class and the fitness, so I guess, prevailed through against the Olympic, who were basically eyeing off the end of their season. I think Scott. Adam's right. The performances have got better as preseason has gone on. The one thing I remember about this game was the first goal. It was really well worked. Mackay fighting Macaron a ball in the back post to Scopetas. It looked really good. They looked a lot sharper in this game than they did in the earlier games, which was really good. Well, I suppose they couldn't have looked as uh, flat as they did in certain other games. But you're right, it is good. They're building up towards week one, which I think is what we've sort of speculated might have been the approach all along, where, yeah, they would have loved to have won all of these games, but the fact that they've had to... Like, they've always... seems like they've had an eye on round one. Well, like potentially, it could be a 36 game season for them, you know, if, if they go all the way and also qualify for the Champions League. So, you know, you didn't really want them peaking, you know, in, in, in the middle of August. So, I guess, in a way, the patient, the patient approach may have been the best price. And we're now actually starting to see some um, results from that. I think that's the. I don't know if it was trying to peak in round one. I think it's later in the year when they've got the three games a week with the Champions League and hopefully finals football. I think that's when they want to peak. But I think taking it slow at the start is right given. We'll talk about it in our preview, the age of the squad. A lot of people have questions on that, and also the injuries they've had over preseason. Yeah. You don't want to burn people out this early. No. But it's good that they're getting better as the preseason's gone along. And I think the way that they've sort of built the squad where, yeah, okay, it is quite an old one, there probably are going to be a few lulls here and there as physically they might try and manage themselves for a late-season run. And you know what? I really don't mind what the approach is as long as it ends with the toilet seat. Oh, exactly. By that's... that I mean the A-League trophy, not <laughs> the well, that's, that's the thing. At the end, you know, you don't, you're not going to win the championship in in uh, August or September. Like I said, I, I just think that there's been a bit of an overreaction to the results. You know, obviously losing two, you know, twice the Melbourne victory, but we, we don't know how good or bad Melbourne victory can be. That's We're going to know that in, in hindsight. Wait, social media are overreacting to something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. Never <laughs> seen that happen. Anyway, uh, I've got to say, you guys did a fantastic job with the post-match video as well, so good on you for that. I might have had to have been at work that <laughs> night, so well done. I assume I've still got a job, right? Well, uh, you're here, but... Yeah, yeah that's because you haven't got anywhere else yeah. to record. <laughs> a fair point. Now, there was a red card incident which had an interesting description I noticed following the text commentary of the game. A red card for James Kumanow from Olympic for yeah. attempting to headbutt Skipetis. No, he did headbutt him. He did actually make contact? Him. It's a really weird one because it was just before half-time and it was in the corner. Okay. It's 
out of nowhere. It was really weird. Could have been a Zidane moment, perhaps, or possibly a, just a really weird. It's, it's hard, hard, no, I guess, to have someone who's over on that sort of that Western touchline where where we were seated was obviously we were obscured yeah. from that that corner, so we didn't actually see the incident. But enough people have said that you know it was a headbutt, and um, in, in the in the, uh, pre, the uh, press conference afterwards, you know, that John was he he wasn't wasn't very happy. I think about labels, so I think pretty silly, you know, especially in a friendly. All right. So moving on to the other friendly that's taken place since we last talked, it was Sydney FC against the Raw at the Macquarie Uni Training Ground. Two 0 win. Skipidis gets six and seven, and Macarone uh, scored both the goals. Scott. And the thirty seconds we saw of this game was spectacular, James. Well, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, it's really hard to talk about this game because we've seen literally just the two goals and that's it. And one of them was offside, but we'll take no, it. No, it wasn't. No, it, wasn't. it was against Sydney, so we'll take it any day of the week. But and hey, look, thirty it's seconds is more win. than. It 30 isn't. seconds is more than enough for Michael Misford to get a contract. So. <laughs> it's, also, it's an important win, this one, because people have been saying you about results against A-League sides in pre-season. This is a... I don't care if Sydney played second string or not. This is a good result. Absolutely. Well, it's really weird because um, this game happened just before the kickoff of the um, Matildas and um, Brazil game. And it was, it was almost like there was an embargo because neither Sydney FC nor Brisbane Raw social media actually covered the yeah. game. Um, we, we actually heard after um, after Marco um, from the Kurumal actually uh, posted the results. So, And then obviously subsequently Raw posted the, um, the vision of the two goals. But this, this one was really under wraps. It seemed... I don't know if it was under wraps so much as it was a hastily arranged friendly yeah. while the Raw were down there doing their Fox Sports pre-season that's exactly commitments. exactly what it was. Mm. It was hastily arranged. It was actually at Sydney FC's training ground. I think they were wearing their training kit, which shows you how seriously they were taking it. But yeah. again, it's a win against Sydney. We'll take it. Well, we can't really talk about it's, who's wearing what yeah. in pre-season considering the Raw spent most of it in their white jerseys. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, a friendlies against, you know, A-League clubs worthwhile more so because it's a small league, I suppose... How much can you really go for it in these games? Oh, look, to be honest, I think there's a, there's a bit of foxing that goes on. There. I don't think I don't think teams are re- really prepared to show their entire hand, especially for the coming seasons. So, look, I, I actually think you know having friendlies against you know the A League teams, only because I don't think there's sort of other options. You know, it's unlike yeah. in unlike in Europe, you know, you know Premier League clubs they will go. They'll go anywhere across the continent, Norway. yeah, or, or they'll go on these, you know, tools to make money. All other leagues that are in pre-season at the same time, really. Yeah, yeah. So whereas here, I just don't think there's many choices, and I, I think you can only play local teams so much, yeah. where it starts to get monotonous. So I think it's out of, they're almost forced to do it. They are but, forced to do it. The FFA say you've yeah, got to play well, yeah. three games against other A-League opposition. Hmm. Well, I agree with you. I'm not sure how much you really get out of this because if you're changing tactics from one season to the next, you don't really want to flag that during these games and show what you're trying to do. So I think it's really weird, but mm. Adam's right, there's not much other, cho- not many choices out there unless you, unless you have an owner who's prepared to send your club overseas for a couple of weeks to and somewhere even. in Southeast Asia and then you've got to line up with the right league. So I did just come back from Thailand last month. Yeah. It's lovely there. Maybe they should play a couple of games. <laughs> All right, well, final preseason game, 20 days before the season open up. We had this written down, should the club schedule another match against A-League opposition? And it seems like they've... tried. They've basically got it set now that it's mostly going to be internal matches yeah. from here on out, including Friday at the open training session. Just playing one, on, played one last Friday as well at, at Ballymore, but that's what they're doing. I think they tried to get a game for the weekend, it's gone. But unfortunately, other A League clubs have already got their schedules locked in. 
Yeah, and, and it's all, hard and, to organise these games. And all and all the local teams now, all the BPL, yeah. the MPL, with the exception of uh, Brisbane Strikers, which we'll cover later, are all done for the season. So they're all. So yeah, I think it's this time of year where, you know, there's just no options left. It's actually a point Chris Taylor made. We'll get to the FA Cup soon. The South Melbourne coach he made that point when we were talking to him about what they're going to do between now and the semi-final. He said they can't play A-League teams because their pre-seasons are already just about complete and all booked out. So. Yes, well, I wonder what he's going to be up to in the next yeah. couple of weeks. That might be a little tease of segment yeah, we'll two. But for now, we're going to move on to signings. We've got one that came a little bit out of the blue. A little bit out of the blue. Eric Bathiak. Is that right? I've been calling him Bortiak, but Bortiak. either way. Yeah. Eric B. Yeah. Frenchie. 30 years old, <laughs> 97 <laughs> appearances for OGC Nice, 41 for Lille, and yeah, it was in the league uh, from 2002 to present. He announced his own signing. He did. He just... Randomly on social media one Friday night, I think it was, and just a post in French yeah. which just had Brisbane Raw highlighted. One, um, one of the Twitter accounts that covers A League transfers picked up on it before anyone else. It was just like, what is this? Yeah, so it was one of those things that you had to check and make sure it's real, and you go there and you check it. It's like, wow. Well, I think we were sort of yeah. going back and forth in our convers- mm, yeah. like group conversation, going, do we post this? Do we run with yeah. it? Let's just see what happens because. Yeah. You'd have to think, normally, you know, you've got to wait for two sources to confirm it. However, I think the player posting it on his own yeah. social media yeah. is pretty much all the confirmation you'd need to run with. But, yeah, it was an interesting Friday night. I think he goes better than the last player to announce his own transfer to Brisbane Raw, because that was Mensa Katishi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I have to... Although he, too, he posted it on... Posted himself added onto Wikipedia, so... That's kind of funny. Yeah. I thought Wikipedia didn't accept first uh, I'm sources. not sure. Anyway, I actually would have just loved to have seen the look on the Raw Media Department's face <laughs> when they saw that post. Oh, they weren't, they weren't happy for more, because we spoke to them up the next day, and yeah, they weren't exactly thrilled by... Uh, by that, but you know, this is the way of the world. You know that you, know, you get that yeah, you get announcements in them all sorts of places. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Some other signing news: we've got Haley Rasso and her hair bow returning for yes. the Brisbane Raw, which is going to add a little bit of fun Absolutely. this year. The bow is back. Absolutely. So, 24 appearances for the Raw from 13 to 15. Uh, I've also got Hong Kong international Wei Ki Chung. And Aisha Nori returns after spending 2016-17 with Melbourne Victory. Good to see she came to her senses and came back Absolutely. to the right club. Yep. Yeah, uh, the um, the sign the uh, the Hong Kong international. Uh, look, there's been a bit of um, I guess there a bit of social media sort of on that. Is that you know there already uh, there's some out there that are sort of rolling off because who she plays for. Yeah, you know, it's like and, and almost almost point and it's also even came out in the wake of the um Pen Power win in the in the MPL women's about about opportunities for for Australians Australian girls that you know that these take them. At least let, let the girl play first before you judge her. Right? Don't just because oh she's from Hong Kong assume that she's not she's not that good. You know, she's probably deserving a place in side. Wait, so again, someone on social media yeah. is overreacting to something. I think I've wow. spent, I think I've spent way too much time on you social have, media, to you be need honest. To log off, I think. Yeah, yeah but, uh, if, if you look at the Royal Squad, there are a lot of players that brought in from the MPL in the last 18 mm. months who are getting an opportunity, so that argument doesn't add up anyway. But when you look at the W Squad, mate, it looks really strong. There's well, a strong core of Matildas in there now. You've got Hayley Razzo's back, you've got Mackenzie Arnold and Claire Bockingham confirmed. It's likely that. Tamika Barton and Katrina Gorey will resign, so that's a strong core of Matilda. You could, you could have this potentially, you could potentially have in this this raw team six 
Matildas, active yeah. current Matildas. So Emily Gillink's another one Absolutely, that we don't, yeah. we haven't heard yet, but you know, obviously They've been, been here for a long time. So yeah, so you think issue. that they may they may return? Like I said, that, that, that's that's great. You know, like I said, we'll obviously covered you know, W League preview, you know, weeks ahead, but whatnot. But to have that many internationals in one team, that's got to be great for the for the league and for the club in general. And goals was the problem last year with Wakey Chung and Hayley Razo in. It should strengthen that area of the field, which is good. Absolutely. Now we've got the confirmed outs of Sonny Franco to the Wanderers and Angela Beard. Uh, the one thing which I am so unbelievably disappointed about with this, Melbourne Victory, the W League account, posted, oh, we've got some big signing news to announce. This was, what, last week? Yeah. And I had it all typed out, ready to say, oh, so which role play are you, are you signing now? Yeah. Come back, you know, put my phone to the side, come back to it about six hours later. Melbourne Victory announced a signing of Raw player. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was waiting for who was going to sign for the Raw, I think. Yeah. Yeah, look, that's a, I think it's a little disappointing that, you know, that, that she's off to Melbourne. You know, but then again, you know, I, I thought last year she she had a stellar year two years ago, but I think last year she went off the ball. But I, think, don't you, I don't think she fits in completely with um, Mel Andrietta's plans. So I think for her, for her career going forward, I think it's a good move for her. But it's, it's a shame for the club. Yeah. You know, that's the joys of the Matildas being the best in the world at the moment in we'll women's football. You're getting to see some of the best in the world at what they do. So, I'm looking forward to the W League. Be good. But you know Five what? Five games at Suncorp Stadium, of course. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to come back and talk about the FFA Cup. I'm just checking the run sheet. Yes, that's what we're talking about in segment two. <laughs> we'll be back later. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to segment two of the Brisbane Football Review, part of the DFS Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam with you tonight for episode six. Guys, what do you say we get into the FFA Cup? All right, so it wasn't a great night for Gold Coast City as they hosted South Melbourne down at Seabus Super Stadium. That's putting it mildly. 6-0 in the end to the uh, Oceania Club of the Century, according to their jerseys. (laughs) Now, Scott and I, we were down there covering it, and uh, it didn't get off to a good start, did it? It was about 10 minutes, wasn't it, after the second goal went in, unfortunately, for Gold Coast City. They just got jumped from the start by a side South Melbourne. I think they had a point to prove after what happened. A couple of years ago up here, they feel they should have won that game. Well, they, they want actually... to avenge that, and they also want to prove a point that they're the best NPL side. Well, speak... they are now technically in the FFA Cup. But... That's right. Well, speaking of the dominating the game from last year, this is what the South Melbourne coach had to say about it. Look, it was very good. I mean, you know, I thought it was uh, probably just showed what uh, what we couldn't do last time we were here. Um, I thought we controlled the game last time as well. But today, the ball goes in early on, get a couple of goals up, and then you tend to dictate the way the the whole flow of the game goes, but what I was proud of was that we uh, we never rested on our laurels, and uh, even at two and three, we're still pushing for more goals. So it was great. Sets up something pretty big for the club, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's been the aim all the way through to to have a good game at home uh, at Lakeside Stadium, uh, get a bumper crowd, and uh, 
hopefully we do that now and draw one of the big clubs. Any preference out of the A-League sides? No, no, we'll beat any of them. And yeah, you could say he felt you know, like they were good value for it. And yeah. even got his thoughts on who they fancy in the next round, so... Well, they certainly were good value for it, weren't they? They, really, yeah. they ran all over Gold Coast, particularly in the midfield. I think Sam Smith's hamstring injury, him not being available, really hurt Gold Coast, given the amount of goals he scored throughout the season. When you lose your best top top goal scorer, it makes it tough for you, particularly when you concede early goals. Absolutely. Like, it just it was a night where nothing really went to plan. Like, from the second minute... They scored yeah. the second minute, yeah, you're right. And then the last goal, though, if you haven't seen a video of it, look, <laughs> I, I don't mean to sound too cruel... And laughing yeah. at Poor a Matt, footballer, yeah. but yeah. just kind of sums the night up in a, a caption, doesn't it? It honestly looked like he was just trying to dribble the ball past a advancing striker, and he just kicked it into his face. Yeah. And just yeah, the way the night was going, How it the just rolled in. Claim that I'll never know. By the way, well, technically the ball wasn't travelling towards the goal before it was deflected <laughs> in. So, oh look, we've all done that, yeah. you know. To be fair, if it was me, I would claim it, but. <laughs> oh no, I mean kick the ball into someone's face by accident oh, I've all done that Yeah, I took a few shots to the head too It probably explains why I'm the way that I am <laughs> Moving on Yes, alright, well let's get uh, the thoughts of Gold Coast City What do you say? Let's go Oh, look, yeah Sort of men against boys, I think uh, Right from the word go I think, uh, you know, we were completely outgunned physically With regards to their you know, their movement and their running capacity um, and their sharpness, we were well off the pace. Um, it doesn't help that the, the first two goals we give away are, are poor and that gives them the, the incentive to, to keep going, but, you know, we, we didn't cope at all with their, with their movement. So for us, that's, that's disappointing, uh, whether that extra little bit of time off, you know, had something to do with that. But, you know, as I said, I think, you know, it was like we were an under-18s team at time playing against, you know, men, and, you know, they just ran us off the park, so to speak. Yeah, I honestly felt a little bit sorry for Gray Pittick there. <laughs> like, we were talking to him after the game, and he was just sort of sitting in the chair and looked like he'd just gone 10 rounds with Mike Tyson. He did, actually, you're right. But it was, a, it was a tough night for him. But in truth, for the whole... Given that they missed out last year in 2016 to the service paradise, this year they've done themselves incredibly proud in the Cup. So they've, they've they've done exceptionally well. They're still the only Queensland side to get to the quarterfinals. I was, was going to say that I'd say Gold Coast City slash uh, Palm Beach Sharks yeah. are the most successful Queensland club in the FFA mm. Cup. So look to, to make the mm. to make the last eight. Yeah, you know, it's it's a great yeah. achievement. I think that it was a disappointing end. They yeah. missed out. They missed out on the premiership. Yep. You know, on the last round they they had they like I said. It's hard to know whether losing a semi-final to the eventual winners, Western Pride, you know that how that goes. But yeah, they lost three sort of crucial games now in a row, so it'd be a bit disappointing. But look, they still have a lot to be proud of, and it would be a learning experience for a lot yep. of the players in that club as well. Like, Absolutely, it's something that they would, you know, ideally for them, learn and build on for next year. Oh, look, it's, and that's the whole sort of in the way the pitfall of you know being a you know part time times that you know, look, for example, like um, midfielder Roman Hoffman actually came back from uh, Europe. <laughs> Play that yeah. game, so so it's that sort of stuff where you know it's it's go, it's a steep learning curve, but look they'll, they'll get better at it. And I think overall the MPL clubs in general will get better at it. And fair play to Roman Hoffman for coming back for this game because South Melbourne's captain Brad Norton was apparently away on holiday and 
I was not he... able to get back for the game, so... I think he'll come back for the semi-final. Though. Yeah, will he get back in the side, though, after a 6-0 win? <laughs> well, yeah, I have to admit, when I first read the story about Hoffman, I thought he was, you know, overseas with his girlfriend on an end-of-season trip, trip or something. Turns out it was a student exchange, so <laughs> mm. I wonder. I hope he got leave from the professors to actually <laughs> skip the class. Or at least he... Or maybe he doesn't want to show the match yeah. footage to prove that he was actually there. <laughs> Don't be like that. All right, so let's hear from Jesse Daly, former Raw youth player now playing for South Melbourne. Yeah, Marcus caught it back to me, and I was in a good area. Um, I've been playing a bit wider this year, but I found myself centrally for the goal and managed to put it away. But yeah, tonight's all about the club, and yeah, it's it's huge for us to make a major semi-final, and um, and yeah, it's just exciting times ahead. Any preferences for the next round? Uh, I think the club want an A-League side at home and, and see if we can pack out Lakeside, uh, which could be an incredible atmosphere, to be honest with you, because you saw what our supporters uh, produced tonight on an away trip. So if we can get a game in Melbourne at Lakeside, then it, it could be pretty special, I think. All right, so there's a very confident Jesse Daly. And, yeah, you know, would would have enjoyed coming back to Brisbane and getting a win, or getting coming back to South East yeah. Queensland well, anyway. Form of- you saw my teammates in that Gold Coast side as well, Matt Schmidt, Jesse Daly, Ben Leviticus. He would have known a lot of those guys in the same team, so probably would have been very sweet for him to get a win over those guys. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's interesting looking at how the, you know, uh, NPL clubs have to balance their commitments at this time of year because, like, both of the players are actually... Like, both the coaches are actually saying how tough it was. Yeah. But, you know, that's, I suppose, flipping the advantage that they have in the earlier rounds yeah. over the A-League clubs who are just getting into the swing of things. Well, that's, that's the whole that's the whole thing. That, you know, I think for until there's some alignment in the, in the A-League season versus the, the NPL season, it's very, very difficult to foresee, you know, any NPL club beating yeah. an A-League club yeah. probably about the, the round of eight. Like the I think even from the round of 16 onwards, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we've seen the last couple of years. And look, then, but then again, you know, we, we can talk about it shortly, you know, Blacktown went oh so yeah. close to knocking over Wanderers, you know. But look, I think in general, until there's some alignment, um, I don't I don't think you're going to see A-League clubs, you know, getting beaten at this stage of the, of the tournament. I do think there is merit in the arguments being made about moving this quarterfinal, semifinal, final to early in the new year. But then yeah. you've got the whole point of do you start the qualification for the next season before the the previous cup is finished, it's kind of a grey area. But yeah, I'm not sure I'm a fan of that, to be honest. It's worth considering anyway. All right, so we're going to finish off on this game with a uh, quick quote from Chris Taylor about how that how he's planning on spending the next few weeks. Have you thought about what you're going to do now, like in terms of it's a few weeks until the next game's going to be? Yeah, I'm going on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I'll go away next week, so I'm away yeah, for right. three weeks, so yeah. Well, what's, what's going to happen with the team at that time? I'm assuming you've got an assistant who takes oh, no, training. Yeah, we'll take training and we'll, we'll monitor it the right way. But that's that's where it becomes difficult for the semi-pro clubs, the NPL clubs. Um, you know, it'll mean that over seven weeks we'll have played one competitive game, which is today. Yeah. Where are you going? Uh, I'm off to Bali, taking the family. So. Nice. Three weeks? Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right, so, you know. Any holiday it, tips, James? You've been that part of the world lately? Pack your swimmers. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, in the other ones, we already mentioned Blacktown against Western Sydney Wanderers. That went to a penalty shootout, mm. which thankfully you were keeping an eye on while Scott was watching it. I haven't yeah. seen it. Look, um, it's actually, it was actually one of those games where, um, yeah, where Blacktown, they, they really, really took it to Wanderers. I, I, like they, Wanderers got in the lead early, but Blacktown actually got in front. And look, Oriel Riera. Look, he um, 
look, he he looks every bit of a marquee. You know, when he's a player that you know he scored when they needed the most for Wanderers, they, they were cooked. So and then eventually they they, they outlast them in a penalty shootout. But you know, look, a fair play to Blacktown City. They were they were really good, and they they I think they deserved at least to go 120 minutes with with the with um Wanderers. Yeah, definitely. Well. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned Oriel Riera. I'm just going to go on a little bit of a tangent here and say we've actually started up a Brisbane Football Review Fantasy A-League competition on Fox Sports. Shameless, James. <laughs> Have we not established that already? Yeah. I mean, look at me. Anyway, so we've got a Fantasy League and also a predictions competition. So have a look for... Uh, where we'll is have to it? share the codes out for that. Yeah, we'll yeah. share the codes sure. out on yeah. Facebook. But yeah, keep an eye out for that and... Yeah. Prove that you actually know a yeah. lot more than all three of us. Yeah, not Which hard. Is not hard. Yeah. yeah, I keep getting told that every time I do. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. Actually, can I bring my fan- Premier League fantasy points over to this one? Because if we can, it'd be good. No, you can't bring <laughs> Romelu Lukaku over. Damn it. <laughs> but I'll back to the FA Cup the week before. Sydney FC, Melbourne City. Yep. Sydney was scary good that night. Oh, they they uh-huh. they really dominated Melbourne City in that game. I can't work out if it's they were so good or City was so bad, but Sydney was utterly dominant in that game. And, and I look on the on the other hand, the other game from the uh, the week before. Look, I think Adelaide they are three 0 winners over um, yeah. Holbrook United. There, there's something like about this um, this Adelaide team under Marco Kurtz. So I look, I think it's that that semi final between Wanderers and Adelaide. Um, that's going to be that. fairly interesting. I will say in Heidelberg's defence, they had their MPL Victoria Grand Final a couple of days before, and then they had to go to Perth at the weekend for the MPL Final Series. Yeah. So they're they're dealing with a heavy schedule at the moment. And it was probably a little bit of a let's just get through this game yeah. and probably knew it wasn't yeah. going to win their way, but yeah. Well, just quickly looking at the Sydney FC team, like they've still got you know a few unknowns, but mm. tell you who I really really liked was uh, Adrian Majewski or Majewski. Adrian, yeah, yeah Adrian. <laughs> the pole. Yeah, the yeah number eleven. He yeah. was absolutely phenomenal in that game. And he was, yeah. I'm not going. He just fit in seamlessly, didn't he? I'm not going to say he's, you know, Thomas Broich, but it was that sort of coming in and looking way better than everyone else on the field had that same sort of path. I just, uh, just speaking out Sydney, and I said we'll talk about it in future weeks, you know, with preview shows and whatnot, but it's scary that Sydney FC can actually. Like, Phil Pelosco was good as part of that, that yeah. front four machine last, you know, last season. Seems like they've upgraded, doesn't they've it? They've actually upgraded. Yeah. Which is which is scary. So I mm. think, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a very good signing for them. And look, it's going to be they're going to be tough. Yep. yep. All right. So we're going to move on to the NPL final series just quickly because there's a big game on Saturday at Perry Park. Is that we, now? You sure it's a big game? Well, I'd say it is. Now, now, be nice. <laughs> it's such a big game that they schedule it <laughs> half an hour after the AFL Grand Final is supposed to finish. Yep. At an hour before River Fire starts. Yep. Does Good FFA, job. I don't think FFA even knew that. <laughs> yeah, no. that's the thing. FFA yeah. would never clue what River Fire is. Yeah. But you, all I'm saying is, you know, when you see 200 people in the crowd, just know that's probably yeah. why, because in Brisbane, you kind of have to make your River Fire plans yeah. how many months in advance? Exactly. Yeah. So, yes. It will be a good game, though. I'm looking forward to seeing Heidelberg play in person after their FFA Cup exploit, particularly Kenneth, Kenny Asu up front. I want to see how he's... And if he is actually person, A-League quality. In, in, in person, how good he is, because... He looks really good on the TV, but you judge players better in person. Mm. This would be a good game too. I'm, not, I'm thinking it would yeah, be. Look, you know, that's not uh, yeah, close. Strikers, have, you know, have, they they were a bit scratchy, you know, for parts of that Southampton, uh, Southampton, for South Hobart. Um, but look, I, I think they were, they were very good against Edgeworth, and uh, Jake yeah. McLean has been, I guess, almost he's been the player of the series so far, in my opinion, and so Michael the, Lee as well. 
For their yeah. sake, I hope they start better than they did against Morton Bay the last time I saw them play. Mm. Fingers crossed. But um, yeah, I will say one thing: having watched, you know, a lot of the Facebook yep. streams about uh, of the NPL final series, yeah, they've been, streams have been great. The pitches they make Suncorp look <laughs> awesome. <laughs> There've been some, uh, yeah, questionable groundwork on there. Anyway, so a couple of quick, yeah, little stats. The winner earns a spot in the 2018 FFA Cup Round of 32. Yeah. Both are former NSL clubs. But their last meeting was in 1995, so I'm not sure this is going to have any sort of bearing it on Saturday. Mention, that's an Andrew Howe stat. It is. Andrew Howe, yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, I didn't write this. To him. Yeah. No, no, yeah, credit to, uh, to the stat man. Yeah, Andy Howe stat. He's probably going to give us a whole lot of use, useful yeah. trivia, and oh, we'll yeah. have the useless trivia that will come up ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so that's going to do it for segment two. We'll get come back with segment three, looking at some of the news. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. It's time for segment three of the Brisbane Football Review, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. James, Scott, and Adam with you guys. News. How much fun are we? How much fun is this going to be? Oh, I can't even talk right these now. Topics. Yeah. All right. So before we do that, we're going to plug our social media accounts. Oh, Scott, right, I'm looking okay. at you. So Facebook, um, Brisbane Football Review, Twitter at Raw Review. Our podcast is moving over to Wushka, I believe, for this one and beyond. And email Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com. We'll get much better at this. You can say you can. I haven't rehearsed that lately, haven't you? Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. go back to our weekly schedule Scott, eventually. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. He was better than when I did. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? Yeah, that's true. But Scott had a little bit more practice. Yeah. That was actually fun listening to it entirely. And actually, I could imagine the look on your face, Scott, and oh, probably it was priceless. and probably you flipping him off as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we've got another plug to go through right now. Raw members training session and then coaches call fan forum at Suncorp Stadium this Friday. You might recognise the voice of the MC on Friday night for the coaches call. Yeah, it's that horrible guy over there. (laughs) It was just talking. Yeah, Scott's pointing to me, by the way. Scott, this is an audio thing. They can't get get you to that at some point, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I think the fan forum is on, is run by the Raw Supporters Federation. So, uh, go to... John Ross. and Mel will both be there. So. Yeah, and Mark Kingsman as well. Yeah, so I still think there's uh, plenty of tickets as well available. Uh, death at the uh, precinct, precinct, new precinct bar at uh, Suncorp. Yep, I think still be some available. So, yeah. And it is free to attend as well, so yeah. you know you don't have to shell out anything. Absolutely. Which is very important at this time of year, and any time of year, yeah. really. Let's get on to the news. And the Socceroos. Oh. Yeah, that pretty much sums up how everyone felt when they played Thailand and only beat them 2-1. I'll tell you what, if it was like Aussie rules and you got points for hitting the posts, it would have been about 15-1, to I think. Look, but seriously, look, Thailand, they should have beat soccer as been by more, but Thailand is a good side. And I mentioned on our social media beforehand, don't expect this to be an 8-0 because Thailand are better on that. And they, look, they also could have gone ahead in the game as well. They could have. Because of the, I thought it was a red card and a penalty in the, 
It's I wouldn't have called it a red card just purely yeah. because they've gotten rid of that triple punishment rule. But yeah. look, if they ruled that as a penalty, I don't think anyone could have complained too much. No, the fallout from this game has been, to be honest, paranoia. Like the first, the first time Australia have oh. not got through automatically in Asia, and I think people are over, overly fearful of what's to come here. They are absolutely spoiled at the moment because. All of a sudden, it was supposed to be just you know a walk yeah. in the park. We weren't supposed to have this playoff thing ever again. Oceania with a few more games that were worthwhile being yeah. on TV. Oh look, I actually think at the end of the day, like the result is the result. You know, at the end of the day, I don't believe you know, putting it on the the failure in the Thailand game to not no. to not like I said. It was never a failure. They won I've, the game. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that I was actually make, about to make the point. I've never seen players so dejected for winning a game. Yeah. What about Manchester United on the final day of the 2011 that might Premier be the, League? Oh, that was the 2012... No, it was 2011-12, yeah. you're right, yeah. That and might the joke the, still stands. Yeah. That might have been the very obvious uh, <laughs> exception. But I just wanted to get a reaction. No, it's, it's happened a few times, though. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. It's happened a few times when teams have won on the last day and not yeah. won the league, but you're yeah. right. But well, like I said, I... I'll I, take your joke with good news. I think simply that the... the, the, the I guess the phase, if you can call it that, at the end of the day, we're yeah. still going. We're still short going to the World Cup. It's a longer yeah. path, but we're still a shot going that. But I think that, you know that the draw in Tehran against Iraq, and even the, the even the draw, Saudi. draw in Saudi yeah. when you're up two one with fifteen minutes to go, you close yeah. that game out. It's not even a discussion anymore. It's exactly. just a series of draws that really yeah. doom them. And look, yeah. we could go on about this mm. for a while. We're not going to. No. But all all I kind of think is the reaction demanding that Ange be fired is insane. Absolute insanity. Like. You gotta remember when they brought Hus Hiddinkin, he had how many months to work with the side? He this had guy would have three had... training camps in Europe before yeah. these games. And quite honestly, Hitting probably also had a better squad of players. Not saying yeah. that like there's still well, plenty look of talent. Look at where those guys were playing compared to the guys now. And look, these like the current Socceroos squad is still very, very good. They've got some yeah. like that midfield, especially with, you know, Aaron Moy, Tom yeah. Rogic, etc. They're the exceptions though. Back then two thousand six you talk about all the guys who were in the Premier League, Serie A, the top mm- leagues in Europe. Now they're not but I still, but I still think like you've got a lot of players that are still quite good. Maybe oh, not yeah. at the you know Jason Kalina level no. or Mark Bresciano. Oh, but then again, but let, let let history judge that. I think you you can't really look at that right now. At the end of the day, I think you know perhaps playing four games, two games, and will be pretty. Uh, look, I wouldn't call Malacca, Malaysia, you know, a worse, a, a tough place to play. You know, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Oh, it would have been much worse. Yeah, given the political, yeah. you know, discourse over in the Middle East at the moment, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. You Absolutely. know, Syria could play at home. You know, but I think maybe it's an opportunity for the soccer to actually play four more meaningful games mm. together. You know, and it may actually be, in hindsight, you know, a, a blessing in disguise almost. I it could it, very well be. Particularly if Ange is so insistent on this formation, the more games you can get, high-pressure games, testing it out, the better. And look, you know, Postacoglu does deserve plenty of criticism for the way that he's gone about this. I've said all along, I think this is where you're seeing his shortcomings as a national team manager, but I still think he's going to get the Socceroos all the way through to Russia, and I think they're going to have a very, very good tournament. one of those things, if he had time at the club to implement the system, it'd be flying for him. He just doesn't have the time to implement it in internationals. So, they've got two... Against two games coming up against Syria. The first one is in Malaysia on Thursday, October 5th, the day mm-hmm. before the A-League season kicks off with uh, a very, very important club and Melbourne City. And, <laughs> and then the second one is, I believe, the Tuesday night... 10th of October at, at ANZ Stadium. Because why would you give Brisbane a World Cup qualifier, because, honestly? <laughs> because seriously, this is going to be... A, 
honestly, this it's is a bigger. All about if it's more the money. than thirty thousand, there, I'll be stunned. Yeah, because the, the fair weather Sydney fans are not going to turn up. They're going to save their money for the November playoff, which everyone assumes we're going to get. Especially if it's against the USA. So this game being in Homebush, ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, it was an awful, awful decision, yeah. especially committing to both games because, of course, yeah. there is then the intercontinental. There wasn't playoff. even any bidding process here. It was just Sydney. This is a straight-out commercial transaction. Yeah. This one, and uh, yeah, look, if they're, if yeah. they're thinking that they're going to resurrect, you know, the November two thousand and five scenes, they're kidding themselves. Yeah, well, they if might. If USA it, do turn up in the that position, could, that just might do it. But that could. Honduras and yeah. Panama don't quite have that same cachet. Yeah. Well, just also quick, Uruguay, there was a history there. There's not a history with these other nations. We will just quickly look ahead at possibly who the opponents could be for that. Game. Assuming they beat, the Assume, beat assuming Syria. they beat Syria, which look, they, they should off. be favoured to, and I'm guessing they would yeah. be. Look, they're, they're, I think I think it's it's going to be a tough game. I don't think um, it might not be easy, but yeah, I, do I, think I don't be, think it's going to be easy in no. Malaysia. But I would expect them, whatever the margin is, they should do uh, it in Sydney. They? Yeah, yeah. So I it's going to be Panama, Syria for by the way, just what they have done with all the stuff that's going on in their country yeah. to actually to be so close to qualifying outright and now in the playoffs. It's a very good effort from them. Yep. But to give them credit. So it could be Panama, who are currently on 10 points, United States or Honduras, who are on 9. So one of those three will automatically qualify. At a guess, probably the USA, but who knows? Well, if they, if they listen to Alexi Lalas's rant after oh. the last game, they just might pull their finger at oh. Well, the only reason that I would actually say it could be Trinidad and Tobago is because, oh, it's because it, the US played Trinidad and Tobago on that last match day, mm. and they probably could put up a fairly decent win in that fixture. I expect USA to qualify. Yeah. Right, but yeah. So it will be Panama or Honduras. My guess Which is it's going to be Honduras. It's going to be very, very, that first leg is going to be very, very interesting, that one. Mm. All right. So I did get lucky with both the second legs at home in these ties. Yeah. Well, it's nice for the soccerers to get some luck in yeah. a FIFA draw compared to what <laughs> it's been lately. So Good point. Yeah. All right. And let's move on to the Matildas. What do you say? Let's go. Yeah, so a much better topic. Yeah, some, it'd be nice to talk about something positive for once. And the Matildas are the best women's football team in the world. Yeah, I think so. At the moment, <laughs> they are. The <laughs> FIFA rankings might not agree, but we don't agree much with FIFA on anything. We'll get to them in a minute. And look, we always said the FIFA rankings were a joke when they had the Socceroos at 60 or whatever. Yeah. So let's keep going but with that. This has been an unbelievable week, though. You've got to say congratulations to the players for two brilliant performances against the top. I think they're still ahead of Australia in the rankings, but anyway. But two great performances against a, a really good team. And in that first yeah. game, so the, we'll just run through it yeah. quickly. 2-1 at Pepper Stadium on Saturday yeah. and 3-2 at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. Yeah. So it's three straight wins over Brazil, seven in a row. But I'll tell you what, that 2-1 at Pepper Stadium, they made Brazil look second rate. Oh, they dominated that game really, didn't they? That yeah. was a superb performance. It was fantastic. Not, not that the game in Newcastle wasn't, but the, the Penrith game was particularly really good. The game in Newcastle was uh, hostile, shall we say, Adam? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like I said. But I think but I think there's actually a bit of um, best going on behind the scenes. I think uh, Brazilian women's football, I think, is in a bit of turmoil. And we saw that with uh, Emily, coach, Emily Lima getting sacked as coach and going back to their original coach, Vidal. So... So I think there might have been some turmoil. Like I think for for Brazilian football, lose three games to Australia, yeah, must be it must really sting with them. And like yeah. I said, three games which have lost comprehensively, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> comprehensively, all three of them. 
So, yeah, the Matildas right now, they're spearheaded by Sam Kerr, who was snubbed for the FIFA Women's Best Player Award nominations. But you know what? She gets a Brisbane Football Review Best Player in the World, which yeah. I think oh. is much more prestigious Even she anyway. Even Perth. Yeah. <laughs> well, Perth aren't a one-man team. And <laughs> actually, Perth probably were wondering why they didn't host the two Matildas games. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yes. But, um, yeah, look, I, look, at the end of the day, it's a very subjective vote. The uh, FIFA World's Best Player, I think... Look, I think Leaky Martins from the Netherlands, who's one of three, I think she deserves to be there based on yeah. Euro ex- exploits. Yeah. Um, I can understand Venice, European players being nominated. Yeah, the, the best Wa- tournament of the year. The Whalen um, lady, uh, Dana Castellanos, apparently she has, she's a very, very good um, world youth tournament. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Carly Lord, I think, might be there a little bit on um, on reputation. Didn't she win it last year? She did win it last yeah. year, so maybe it's that. But look, at the end of the day, to even be ignited in top 10 is still... It's not great, but look... Sam Kerr should be yeah. in there based on the year she's had. It's been absolutely unbelievable. Well, you know what? She's 24 and just building her reputation more and more. So I think if she keeps going at this rate, and I don't see why she wouldn't, there'll be plenty more of those awards to come. Absolutely. absolutely. All right, so, yeah, uh, Matilda's World Cup contenders. Yeah, and they're in a really good spot at the moment. With the FFA have got an asset here that they can use to really market the women's game in the face of other sports... Well, probably AFL invented women's football back in January, so they're going really good. Definitely. Yes. But well, they're going... So it's it'll be interesting to see what happens, because they're playing China in Melbourne and Geelong. 22nd think, of November yeah. at Amy Park, 26th at I Simon Stadium. it'll be a really good test of their, how they're going market-wise market at Amy Park, because they should at least get 20,000 there. I think they might get close to selling it out. You'd have which would be a tremendous scene for women's football. And Adam, you had an uh, interesting idea about the next round of Matilda's fixtures as well, didn't you? Um, was it yeah. scheduling it during? Uh, yeah, oh, yes. I didn't remember trying to think what you were talking about then for a thing. Yeah, look, I look. I can't see why not. You know, especially if they were to get this talk now that you know maybe there's a there's opportunity to get say you know I think the prime one would be getting a USA yeah. to tour here. They're trying to get the USA look, out there, aren't they? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it. You know, being being at schedule right back bang in the middle of women's big bash or even the women's yeah. AFL next year. Go ahead to have I, th- I think I think the I think the FFA need to get aggressive. With with yeah. um women's well, football and their they are getting aggressive because they're talking about I was reading last night they're trying to get US out here for a tour and they're looking at Anzit Stadium and MCG, Suncorp. No, just kidding. MCG <laughs> and it mentioned Suncorp but you know it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but right. They're looking at bigger venues now. Yeah, I mean that's you well, wouldn't have considered Iron that. And you know it's ago. just absolutely phenomenal growth since the AFL invented women's sport earlier <laughs> yeah. this year. Yeah, but look, I think as well, but the momentum also, the great thing is the momentum needs to carry over to the W League, you know, that's, and that kicks off in a month's time, and, you know, and like, uh, Brisbane Raw have got five double heads, as we alluded to earlier, and look, I think it's it's almost, you know, it, 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 we can, it compels yeah. the fans, they need to come out and support, there's a lot of investment, a lot of, you know, cost in staging five double headers now, yeah. now the, the fans have got to repay the faith, I, I think they will, I think that, you I know, they the, will. I think generally uh, women's football at the moment is really on the rise. Yep. All right, so we've got a, uh, one last story that we want to touch on. Deadline is looming for the FFA to implement the Congress reforms ahead of FIFA's 15th of November deadline. Boy, that's looming as a big week for Australian football, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. And it's apparently almost, FFA has set a new deadline for this week. They yeah. want it done this week, and I don't think it's going to get done this week. So Probably not. I think... Which is why we included it in the news this week. But yeah, because yeah. otherwise we might not have a story for next week. Well, yeah. Scotty and I, we were just talking about this um, off air. And um, look, I actually personally think that um, the clubs, I think this is, there's only one way this is going to end. I think it's going to be with Stephen Lowe's resignation. Because I, I cannot see the parties 
you know, agreeing to this. And I think the best interest from the clubs and whatnot is they want that normalisation yeah. committee. I think they yeah. want Stephen Lowy to to no longer be the chairman of the FFA. I'm starting to get the feeling that, you know, the Lowy family, more so Frank, have just been absolutely phenomenal for Australian football, but maybe they've reached the plateau of what they can offer. Look, I think It's a it... bit like a certain coach of your English Premier League team. <laughs> you have to get that in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm gesturing towards Scott at the moment. I can't actually You're say what Oh, look, look, I think at the end of the day, I don't think anyone, you know, for what Frank Lowy did, you know, 15 yeah. years ago, I don't think anyone was really going to go, but the yeah. way the transition of power was handled, I think it was doomed from the start. And yeah. this is the big opportunity to, to get rid of Stephen Lowy as... as as the chairman, and I think, yeah, I think this is the only way to do it. Unfortunately, but, it has to involve uh, getting FIFA in it. But that being said, there is still the easy way that Lowy could save himself, which is realise that Australian football does, look, in and of its own right, has plateaued, yeah. and it does need expansion to the A-League, consideration, not implementation, but at least a consideration of a second division, a professional yeah. one that's somehow funded, we'll worry about yeah. that later, but you're going to need something that at least moves the game forward because as we've been saying, what, for the last eight months now, it's become stagnant. We know what's going to happen. We know roughly where everyone's going to finish in the league and we know exactly who's playing who. Yeah, look in my look in my personal opinion. So this, you guys are free to agree or not on this, but I don't look. <laughs> yeah, I like to just put it out there that is an opinion. But look, I honestly think that you know this is all the pre-runner to. I think needs to be independent A League. I think the second division needs to be. That's run by certainly this, what the clubs want. I think the second division and below needs to be run by this AAFC. They seem to be having their their finger in the pie, and I think that the FFA needs to work on just the national team and grassroots, a bit similar to what the FA do in England. I, I would I just think rather where see we're the FFA, the A-League independent, the FFA take up the second division and yeah. make sure that actually happens because I don't trust the AAFC to get it working at all. I think that's yeah. got to gonna come in, it's got to be done properly. Yep, that's right. But anyway. All right, so that's going to wrap up the major talking points for this show. Before we go, though, if anyone is listening to this before Friday... Feel free to submit questions to us through Facebook, Twitter, or through our email, Brisbane Football Review at this Gmail. Is for the fans, for the fans forum, forum on Coach's Call. Yeah, because obviously, you know, love for everyone to be there in person and find out just how short I really am. But we'll get, uh, yeah, if you can't, then send your questions yeah. through. I'll make sure they get asked if they're good, if they're spelled poorly or don't make any sense then I'll just laugh at them. Yeah. Um, I'll make sure any questions I take a shot at James get asked, so it's fine, don't worry. <laughs> If you want to take a shot at James and the questions, go ahead. Uh, great. So now Beck's just writing down all of the questions <laughs> yeah. in the background. <laughs> yeah. One month in and she's already heckling me. Great. All right. So that's going to be it for this this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Adam, Scott, thank you. Yeah. See you, James. James. All right. We'll talk to you later. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. 